What's going on, everybody? This is Nick Ruffin with Vantage Point Podcast. Just want to welcome you to another week um, of this podcast. Whether you're on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or iHeart Radio, definitely welcome, welcome. So glad you're here. Um, we're gonna go and keep really moving into this series that we've been in. This is week seven of a series we're calling Father Figures, and really has been a blessing to me. And I know a lot of people have. I'm giving the same feedback and so just want to continue to have an impact in the last four weeks we've had um, some guest speakers and really it's just been amazing insight that that each of these dads have added in different seasons of fatherhood different different obstacles different challenges different joys um, and so I just really hope that each of those episodes have been a blessing to you and I just ask that you know you go back if you missed any other episodes definitely uh, go back and listen to those um, like I said this is week seven and so just want to take a different um, different approach to close this series and you know we talked a lot about um, really discovering fatherhood and using examples. And so in the first two episodes, I, you know, we talked about a few different things. Um, and I got into a little bit of my own personal story when it comes to fatherhood and more specifically my relationship with my father. And so for these next two episodes, I'm going to really dig deep and, and um, really get into some of my own uh, journey and testimony when it relates to my own father. Um, and how a lot of those things have um, shaped me. One of the things that I did um, in preparation really for this series is just try to find different reading material, articles, books, a whole bunch of different things. And there was one article in particular that really um, just stuck out, stood, stood out to me um, in, in its approach. And there are three, three insights that it gave that I pulled from it that really um, just highlighted some things for me and really just brought up um, kind of my own uh, thoughts and self-reflection on, you know, my own dad and even listening to the last two episodes uh, with pastors Jerry McQuay and Tony Gilmore um, of, you know, hearing their journey as dads and um, some of their challenges and and then ultimately watching their children grow up. And, and so it really got me thinking around my own uh, upbringing and and really just spent a lot of time um, after those episodes really just kind of re-listening and, and um, internalizing and even taking my own notes um, and, and really outlining what the what the end of this series is going to look like and so um, really just to kind of give backstory I uh, did a few episodes ago but this this series really was birthed out of um, just my desire to talk about parenting and had to get over the initial fear of, you know, who's going to listen to a 37-year-old talk about parenting. Um, you know, I've been doing it for a while, but not necessarily the best at doing it, not the worst. Um, but there are way more people that have way more knowledge. But I, I believe that God um, had a word, has a word um, in this series. And not only has he spoken through four other gentlemen, but he's speaking through myself. And I think these last two episodes are going to really um, bring out some of that, um, some of my story, and you're going to get to, you know, kind of look under, look under my layers a little bit and see, um, you know, my journey. And so one of the things that um, a couple of years ago, I remember hearing from a counselor, um, and it was probably one of the most eye opening things. And one of the most terrifying things that I had that I heard that was more of an action step for me. And that's where I really want to start this episode out was um, he told me the keys to our freedom are often buried in our past. And when I first heard that, 
you know, my, my first thought was, well, I, you know, I buried them there because I thought I could keep them there. Um, that was the goal. I didn't want to go back to dig things up. But as I, you know, kind of got into my own journey of, of healing and reconciliation and, and freedom, I realized that the keys to those freedoms, the keys that would unlock who I was and who I was to be as a dad, as a man, as anything, um, I had to go back. I had to really rediscover who I was back then because I've, I've, you know, I think as adults, we get too far away um, from who we used to be and who at the core of us, who we are. And for some of us, those things are bad and, and we don't want to deal with them. So that's why they end up buried in the, in the first place. But I, I remember um, even in that time, one of the scriptures that really hung on to me was, was Psalms 23. And, and as, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. And, and valleys just was something that really stuck with me. And knowing that I had to kind of, you know, walk those valleys and even go back and revisit some valleys that I had been in in the past and start to dig up some things where I buried them. Um, and for me, one of those was dealing with my, my relationship with my dad. Um, you know, for those that don't know, uh, I am 37 years old. Um, my father and I have never um, had a real relationship. And when I mean real, I mean more so in a positive sense. Um, I know a lot of people, even some of the people uh, who we interviewed, you know, had glowing things to say and, and, and just had an amazing relationship with their father. Um, that, that is one thing that I can say that, that I've, I've never had. Um, and even for most of my life, you know, didn't want it. Um, and even today, you know, being in full transparency, it's not something that, um, I seek out right now. Um, but one thing I've learned in this series and one thing I, I continue to learn in life is that, you know, you start to see things differently once you reach a level of not only maturity, but experience. And I think as a child, one of the things I can remember is, having to deal with um, the emotions of him not being there, the, the absence and even um, reflecting back. And it was one thing that, you know, going back to the article that I mentioned earlier, um, one, one point that, that the gentleman in the article mentioned was that we will see God through the lens of how we saw, knew, and treated our human fathers. And when I read that, you know, that, that definitely, um, piqued my interest and piqued my thought in to say that, man, you know, like how I viewed and saw and knew my earthly father was definitely connected to my initial relationship with God and how that um, really um, birthed and how it grew and how it, um, you know, really um, continued to do things. And so for me, it was definitely um, hard um, to really even establish a relationship with God growing up because I, you know, the way I saw my, my earthly father was he didn't want me. Um, and for, you know, for me, it wasn't a, hmm, I wonder, does he want me? Right. I, I don't feel it. No, I, I knew um, because I heard the words come out of his mouth um, on multiple times, multiple occasions where um, when I was born uh, May 1st, 1983, um, the first thought he had, you know, we talk about, um, 
having these, you know, when you first find out you're going to be a dad or you first find out, you first see your, your child, how positive and how uplifting and how, you know, and even daunting that could feel sometimes. But I, I know from his words and, and what I've been told and, you know, that that was not the case when it came to me. Um, it, it was definitely um, denial. Uh, it was, you know, probably some shock, I would imagine. But but ha- hearing the words come from him directly as I was older, that when I was born, um, he didn't want me, you know. And so as I, you know, sit back here and think about that, and even one other moment, um, you know, when it was said a second time, and we were uh, at my grandmother's house, he had actually, my mom had actually left, because uh, he was also physically abusive and, and um, verbally abusive. And this is one of the moments where she left and we were with my grandmother and um, he attempted to come and get us. Um, and that didn't go so well. And I just remember being in the house, hearing him yell, you know, you can keep them. I don't want them anyway. Um, I don't, they're dead to me. These are, these are words that I heard as, you know, as young as um, I was, I think I was about seven or eight. Um, and when I tell you to hear, um, and at that point, I had no real concept of God. I had no faith. I wasn't in church or anything. My parents, my mom didn't do that. Um, so I had no concept of God until later. But in this moment, you know, I'm I'm not even 10 years old. And knowing the fact that the man who gave me life or, or had a part in giving me life uh, does not want me. I'm, you know, quote unquote, dead to him, which is non-existent. Um, and, and so growing up with that, that's definitely um, affects how you see um, not only my earthly father, but it, it can also have an effect on, on, on my relationship with God. And I can tell you that that relationship was one of my biggest struggles. Um, once I realized who God was and, and even uh, the struggle to accept who God was in my life and what he meant to me. Um, and really, that's how I saw it. And I mentioned this in an earlier episode of, you know, the, the word father um, just had a negative connotation with me. So I wouldn't even associate God with the word uh, because it was negative to me. And, you know, knowing those things and really holding on to those things um, really began to eat away at me. And even as I was, you know, digging into a book that I'm reading um, right before this series, it's called Making Peace with Your, with Your Father by Dr. David Stube. And he even outlines um, what's a son's experience um, in the absence of his father. And here's just a few things that that I know for me um, that I dealt with. And he talks about being fused with their mother unable to define his own identity as a separate and unique adult, um, often experiences gender insecurity that leads to struggles with masculinity, um, becoming a quote unquote soft male, um, or may even overcompensate and become a macho man. Um, he talks about, you know, being, uh, having a hard time expressing aggressiveness and anger and thus becoming passive aggressive in relationships. Um, his longing for his father will often affect his work life. He may keep looking for father figures and bosses and other men uh, only to be disappointed again. And if he doesn't find it, uh, he may stay in a job for a while um, or do with, or deal with things that um, ultimately eat away at his belief of what a father is. And, and so for me, um, you know, I, I can say at some point I've, I've experienced all of those things. 
um, you know, having the understanding of not being wanted, but also that insecurity of growing up as a young man and not having um, my father there to really walk with me and, and help me um, understand and dissect the world and really have an understanding of what it means to be um, a man or a young man. And so, you know, as I got older and, and you know, fought, you know, got to a point where I realized he wasn't there and he wasn't coming back, um, it really um, just really led me onto a path of not necessarily destruction or anything like that. But I think for me, I became very passive. I became very private. I became very internalized. Um, every feeling, every thought um, I kept to myself. Uh, I didn't talk to my mom about these feelings, my grandmother or anybody else that was in my life or, you know, I, I grew up very, very closed off uh, to family. And I think even today I have, you know, some, some challenges when it comes to relationship building. Um, and I know for some that are listening, they probably find that hard to believe in some cases, but I, I am very much um, internal when it comes to feelings. And so even, you know, I, 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 you know, was telling a friend even about this series, you know, if this was five years ago, I would have never um, been able to talk about this without feeling anger or feeling sadness or, or just not even the, the energy or the, the desire to want to talk about it because it was something that was so private and personal um, that it really, you know, I didn't want to let anybody in. And so here I am letting the world in um, and, and just wanting to know that, you know, wanting people to know, cause I know I'm not the only one who has experienced any of this stuff. And I know that, you know, these things are going to be what sets people free um, and what ultimately um, helps them discover those keys um, that they have to discover as well. And so one of the other points in, in the article, um, it talks about um, our capacity to God or our capacity to talk to God is greatly influenced by our capacity to talk to our human fathers. And, you know, like I've been saying, there, there really wasn't much conversation there um, in, in our relationship. And again, I'm, you know, this has been 37 years now. Um, but there were some moments where conversation tried to happen, but there was, you know, there had to be specific conditions um, to which he can, you know, was able to talk to me, um, whether that was, you know, alcohol or being drunk or, you know, having other people around. But it, but when it became these private moments, um, it was very hard for him to talk to me, acknowledge me. Um, and it was hard for me too, um, because I really didn't know anything about him. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know what he was about. Um, all I knew was that, you know, he had this level of disappointment um, in me, um, whether it was not having his last name um, or the sports and hobbies I liked or, or any of these things that he felt because I didn't do these things, I couldn't be his son. Um, and so, you know, we even talked about that in a previous episode of cultivating creativity in your children um, and not necessarily forcing beliefs on them or forcing hobbies, but letting them discover and find themselves. 
And, you know, that was something that I just didn't experience um, as, as, a, as a child uh, from my father. And so when I translate that into talking to God, um, you know, there's this, there's a, there was this fight of, does God really care? Does God really hear? Does God really want this for me? Does it even matter to pray? Does it even matter to come to God with these things? Because, well, my earthly father, my only example has, has not um, shown himself, um, you know, interested or shown himself to be um, a part of this experience, a part of my growth. And so how can I comprehend that God who is a father, as people have told me, how can I comprehend that that's what he wants for me or they or he'll listen or he'll do these things. And so it, it really, you know, as I got into high school years um, and started to develop a love and, and affinity for different things like basketball or baseball, um, you know, I began to figure out like, there was this divide being grown and this ultimately, you know, one thing I've learned is time can heal all wounds, but time can also divide wounds and make them bigger and make them wider. And without effort, without, you know, a desire to want to connect with someone, you know, it it can, it can begin to widen that gap. And that's really where, you know, where I find myself now um, with when it comes to my relationship with my dad. And I'm not one to say it can never happen. I'm I'm not saying that at all. But I think the reality is at this point, you know, do either of us want that, you know, and and in transparency, you know, I, I don't know. I think that's something that that has been that has come out of this series is, is a question to myself is, you know, knowing it's not too late. Is that something that I want? And so as I, um, you know, pray on that and contemplate on that and knowing the power and, and ability of God and what he can do, um, what is it do I want? And, and so I even ask that question to, to people that are out here listening that may not have a relationship um, with their dad or, or struggle with it, or, you know, and I'm not saying if there's other, obviously extreme situations that are going on, whether it was like physical abuse, molestation, things like that. Um, but in, in the midst of relationship, you know, where do you find yourself on that journey? Because I know for me, um, the journey has now evolved to where, you know, I'm not the, the eight-year-old boy anymore. I'm not the, 12 year old, um, preteen, not even the 18 year old, um, young adult. Um, you know, I'm a 37 year old man with, um, children and sons of my own, um, who are now entering adulthood. And, you know, where does that put me or what does that put us in terms of those, those moments? Right. And it's so key that as we, build relationship. And I, and I love one of the, the third point um, in this article that, that the gentleman makes. And he talks about, he actually says this, I rediscovered my childhood father hunger, which I needed to understand as an adult was now my God hunger. My soul's desire to call out Abba father 
as to a loving dad. And even references Romans 8.15, you see, you have not received a spirit that returns you to slavery, so you have nothing to fear. The spirit you have received adopts you and welcomes you into God's own family. That's why we call out to him, Abba, Father, as we would address a loving dad. And when I, when I read that point, this is when it took me back to finding these keys, um, going back to past hurts. And I even, I, I firmly believe that a lot of those keys lie in the biggest hurts that we experience in life. And so for me, growing up without my dad was by far the biggest, um, most major hurt um, that I experienced. I could connect so many different things um, to that. I can connect, you know, different struggles or different ways that how I have been a husband or how I've been a dad or how I struggle with addictions to pornography and things like that, where I can connect those things back to those moments and not in a, not in a moment of blame um, or casting that responsibility on him because it's not, but when I'm able to dig and uncover my own self and really come to God in prayer, then I'm able to see how those things connect to who I am now. And that's been one of the biggest things. And, and, and the article even calls them transformative moments where you have these moments where things happen um, and they transform you. And one thing in the article is he he's constantly talking about um, these transformative moments as positive, but, you know, we both know, we all know from experience that, that these transformative moments can, can also be negative. Like there was a moment that I pushed so hard myself to not be like my dad. Like I knew growing up, like I didn't know exactly what a good dad looked like, but I knew what a bad one looked like. Um, I knew what an absent one looked like. I knew what um, an abusive one looked like. I knew what anything I could connotate as negative, I knew what that looked like. And I knew that I did not have a desire to be that. But in my effort, and I, I will share this with anyone, even, even the dads out there that are new or been doing it, the worst thing you could do is take such a, take such a hard stance on what you won't be and then try to be that on your own, because that's exactly what I did. I, I told myself so hard throughout my life, I will never be that way. I will never be that dad. I will never be that husband. I will never be that guy. And ultimately I became everything that I didn't wanna be. You know, my I, I've watched even to this day. I've I've watched my dad struggle with alcohol. It was something I struggled with at one point in my life. I I watched um, or or experienced the absenteeism of of him, and I myself have you know grown and become somewhat of an absent father in my own children's lives, to where now I can I look up and in the blink of an eye my youngest is 15, my oldest is 19. And here I am. And what did and, and I've missed so much. 
and you know it, it's it, it can be tough to not sit there and 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 just beat yourself up because you you literally become the thing you promised yourself you'd never be and the only reason or the only outcome or, or, or reasoning I could come up with is because I tried to do it on my own. Because the biggest key that I had to unlock was that no matter how much I went to church, no matter how much I did good things, I never put God in to my journey as a dad. Because I never let go of those trust issues. I never let go of those perceptions. I never let go of trying to somehow do this on my own because I still had the, the thought that God didn't care. And really what I'm coming to say in this episode, and, and, and it's titled, you know, my father wasn't around because the truth of the matter is a lot of us still haven't unlocked that key. We haven't unlocked or found that key because we didn't go far enough back in our past, in those moments of hurt to unlock that and then give that to God. We, we locked it because we wanted to bury it. We wanted to get away from it. We wanted to run. And I know for me, I literally lock those things up in that valley and I took off and I didn't look back and I tried to cover it up with everything from sports to relationships to other things and then ultimately realized that I, I had to stop trying to move forward dragging past weight. I literally had to get keys to unlock that weight and really help reestablish and reconnect to my father. And really, you know, as, as I bring this, this episode to a close, because I'm, I, I want to purposely bring it here as a close and not finish where it is, because I think this is a good point where a lot of us are, is we, we didn't, we don't know what to do now. We, we have failures as, as dads, we have shortfalls, we've made mistakes, and we probably are at a point where we don't know what to do. We, we figure it's over. It's no point. Um, and the one thing that I, I can say that I've learned um, is, you know, as a child with an absent father, you feel a whole different range of emotions. But when you become an adult, more importantly, you become a dad. And more, even more importantly, you get experience as a dad. You start to look at those moments differently and that's what we're going to talk about next week we're going to talk about what was the one thing because there was one once the relationship was established with god there was something that had to be done on the on the next step there was something i had to do um that wasn't easy and it was something that really when, when I talk about unlocking yourself, when I talk about setting yourself free from those types of things, um, 
there there's something that I discovered and learned um, that has meant more to me as a father and as a man than anything um, I've experienced. And so I'm going to share that next week, but I, I want to take this moment and I want to just reflect on, on the dads that are listening or the daughters that are listening or, um, but more specifically the dads, because I know what you're going through. Um, we're not perfect. Um, you know, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to, we're going to not always get it right. Um, and so for my first time fathers, I'm, I'm going to give you some encouragement. Don't worry about being perfect. Don't worry about, you know, making every major or minor thing right and perfect in the world because the real essence of being a dad is you're going to make a mistake. You're not going to be perfect. Um, how could you, um, you know, we, we serve a perfect God and, and we will rely on him to, to give us advice and give us, um, guidance. And all we can do is, is be obedient to that guidance. And it may not always be the right decisions that we make to our children, to our spouses, but how do we respond to those things? How do we look at ourselves and continue to walk forward and not get stuck in our failure or get stuck in our past? And, you know, I, I encourage all of you just, you know, just really understand who you are um, because everything you've gone through establish you, establishes you as a dad and that there's going to be a lot of things that when I kind of look back on my own journey as a dad, you know, I'm not the same dad I was five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, there's been learning, there's been grace, there's been joys, there's been mistakes, but know that when you're connected to the source, and we talked about this in the first week, the God of all things, the goat himself, God himself, that is the author and finisher of fatherhood. We know he's the author and finisher of life, but he's all, but that includes being a dad. So I encourage all the dads this week, get into prayer, talk to God. Um, my church is starting a seven day um, prayer and fasting. I encourage you to do that and, and go to God with the specific intent of asking him, how can I be a better father? Not the best, not a perfect one, but how can I be better? How can I progress as a father? I love what, what my pastor says, uh, Pastor Michael Todd. He always says, it's not about perfection. It's about progression. And I can't think of anything else other than fatherhood where progression is the name of the game. And if you've gone back and listened to any of our last four episodes, that is one thing that you can hear. It's all about progression. And, and there was an intent behind having different dads at different phases share their journey because we're not all dads of five-year-olds. We're not all dads of adults. We're not all dads of 
just girls and just boys. You know, we, we're all in this at different stages and different seasons and different modes. And to get that insight, you know, and now take it to God and what do I do with it? That's my encouragement for you this week. How can we become better at being dads? And not just for ourselves, because that's one of the biggest things that I'll leave you with is that being a dad is more about everybody else and less about you. We talked about selfishness. We talked about me, 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 me. Being a dad is laying your feelings aside and being sacrificial for your children, for your spouse, for your family. And that's the love. How can we be better sacrificial dads? And when we come back next week, we're going to go into something. And I really feel like this is going to be the biggest unlock as we close out, not only close out this series, but I really feel like it's going to be the biggest unlock for any dad that's listening. And so I, I thank you all. And I pray for you this week as we enter this, fast, this moment of prayer and fasting, you're more than welcome to join. And all fasting is, it's abstaining or stepping away from desirable things and putting an intentional direct focus on God through prayer, worship, journaling, whatever it is you, you desire to do. Um, there's resources out there. You can, you can search fast, like the Daniel fast and other ones. Um, you can reach out to us on this is vantage point, um, at gmail.com or even on Instagram, this is vantage point. You can send us a message. I have other resources. I will send you. I'll be posting them, um, as well. And I just thank y'all again for just rolling with us. And we got one more week of the series and. I know, I know that this series, as we close it out, is going to continue to be blessings to people and, and dads as even beyond this series. And I, I just, uh, man, I, I, I get emotional because this series is, is very personal to me. And I just thank y'all so much again for rolling with us another week. And we're going to be back next Sunday for part eight, the series finale of Father Figures. Thank y'all. Love y'all. Catch y'all next time.